Hello, everybody. Thanks again for checking in to Moving Up the Ladder as we bring you some insight and knowledge into improving the success of your career, no matter what part of the ladder you're currently residing on. For LocalJobNetwork.com Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Now, the idea of taking risk in one's career can be both thrilling and frightening in a way, depending upon the individual and his or her current situation. At some point, though, some risk may truly be necessary to succeed in the long run. And joining us from California today is John Cabara, Executive Vice President and COO for the California Community Foundation. Uh, again, a pleasure to have you on with us today, John. My pleasure, too. Thanks, Tim. Uh, I guess, first of all, before we jump into sort of the, the topic itself, if you could give the listeners a, a brief uh, maybe background and, and experience that you have, um, especially as we can relate it to this topic. Yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of, uh, it's one of my favorite topics, the, the notion of risk, um, and, the, and particularly in people's lives and people's career choices, because I think people are always on this little edge. They're saying, you know, is this the right time for me to get an MBA? Is this the right <laughs> time for me to, to prepare for that thing I've always wanted to do? You know, should I invest in this company? You know, all these little choices that we have to make, and maybe there'll be a better time. Maybe mm-hmm. I, when I'm I'm better prepared. You know, when I'm when I'm readier for for the for the for that choice. You know, if I if I had more education, if I had more time and money. So there's this series of questions that come up with people uh, over time. You know, I have kids now. Wait till the kids grow up. You know, <laughs> right. wait till the kids are back in school, not in school. You know. Um, so this notion of risk is this continuous process of, of life and what do I want and who am I? And I've had a series of experiences that I'm really happy to share with people because I wish someone would have told me a little bit earlier, but it really got me onto a path. And I'll, I'll just tell you one thing that was really seminal in, in my career, and, and it really came from different mentors and people that, that advised me. Um, one thing was that I learned, uh, I had, it's a long story that I won't get into, but I, I, I was, I was uh, diagnosed with epilepsy when I was a young child. And I had, uh, was diagnosed and medicated for eight years. And, of course, they don't know any, where epilepsy comes from and how to cure it. Mm-hmm. But I started studying the brain, and I started thinking about the brain and, and understanding the brain and the epilepsy in particular. And I, I got to meet a lot of incredible people. One person I met was a guy who invented positron emission tomography, which is a PET scan, a guy named Michael Phelps. Long, long story short is what he told me was that when they studied the brain over time, that the people that maintain their synaptic electric activity in their brain are the people that take chances, hmm. the people that take risks, whatever that is perceived by the individual, right. the people that go outside of their quote-unquote comfort zone, out of the box kind of thing. And they've measured this. And the people that don't literally go down a ski slope, <laughs> use less of their brain over time, and then die. And he showed me this thing about the synaptic activity over time. And, and the people who learn in that languages or people who go back to school, or whatever, a, a, a lot of decisions. Sure. And that pushed me, and I said, well, what, what do you call this, you know, medically? And he goes, oh, we don't have a medical term for it, but what I call it plain out of bounds. Hmm. And I said, Dr. Phelps, what, what are you talking about? And he said, well, plain out of bounds, John. See, inbounds is really easy. Staying in bounds, <laughs> I mean... Going out of bounds, whatever you think that is, it might be a little tiptoe in the park, it might be a giant flying leap, but whatever it is, you've got to get out of bounds because it's a much bigger space out there. And when Dr. Phelps told me that, it has been a kind of a mantra set of values and principles for me about thinking about where is my out of bounds line and how am I at least flirting with it, testing it, you know, pushing the envelope, all these different metaphors and analogies you can use. But, but anyway, so that has been really similar in my career. And so when I've had career choices and the fork in the road kind of thing, 
I've always said, well, um, will I regret that if I don't do it later? Mm -hmm. And that's the way I measure risk, Tim, more than anything else, is the size of regret, avoiding regret. And if you have this thing, I've got to do this. I really want to do it. I'm going to do it someday. You know, if you're going to regret it, then you got to take the risk. Well, and since you brought that up, and I definitely appreciate that that story, and it, it certainly puts things in sort of a different perspective right off the bat in terms of, of viewing risk. And as you mentioned, it might be different for every. It's going to be different for everybody what that out of bounds area is. But you brought up this idea of regret, and you said that's how, sort of how you measure, uh, you know, sort of assessing situations and, and what's going to happen with that. I guess in general, is, is that what you suggest to people? I mean, in terms of assessing you know, to do or not to do? I mean, how do you go about that whole process? Uh, I mean, obviously, you can speak to yourself and, and maybe give some general advice on that area of risk versus regret. Yeah, I mean, over the last 20 years, and and my work is, is, is trying to help people think about their own possibilities and potential. I, I've got to meet thousands and thousands of people. And one of the things I've encountered, whether it's a high school student, which I just taught this high school class on career development last weekend, or, or, or executives who are trying to get to the next level, is when, once you start to talk to them personally, they start to reveal their regrets. Hmm. It's one of the first things that comes out is, you know what I should have done or what I could have done? Right. Or, you know, if I was younger, I would. You know, <laughs> that's what gets put into this, these conversations. And so I, I think of regrets as the, thing, the biggest thing to avoid. And, um, and it's kind of a negative thing. It's not the way I usually want to phrase things, but people have these festering regrets. Um, it could be something that just they just say, you know what, I, I, and truly I'm an artist, and and when I get to this certain stage in my life, I will paint. And um, but but why aren't you painting now? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just so I think of regrets as like, um, uh, and I and I really scare some people this way. I, I think I'm like little cancer cells, and and as they accumulate, they just become a tumor, hmm. and then they really they kill you later, because we, when you start talking about all the regrets you have in your life, to your kids, to people around you, you know, you could have been somebody, <laughs> you know, really, it's it just, it's not, it's not good. I was sitting next to a guy uh, on a plane a couple weeks ago, and uh, he, he made the mistake of telling me things. He was sitting, he was sitting in that window seat, and I was sitting in the aisle seat, uh-huh. and he, he made the mistake of saying, hey, um, what are you doing, blah, 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 and I said, what are you doing? He goes, well, I do this, and I'm going to get my MBA. And I thought, oh, no, that's a phrase that I know <laughs> is just a loaded phrase. And I said, well, when are you going to do that? And he goes, well, you know, a couple falls from now. And I said, well, how are you doing on your GMAT prep? And he goes, what's that? Uh-huh. You don't know what the GMAT is? And he goes, nope. I said, well, you're not really serious about getting an MBA then. Oh, no, no, I am. No, you're not because you have to go. And so we went this whole process. Mm-hmm. And I said, so you're, you're three years out now. You, you said you're two. And this guy's like, who, who are you? What are you, what are you talking about? You know? And so, and he's in the window seat, so he can't move. So anyway, I went through this process with him to say, okay, look, if you're really serious about this, then you've got to take these steps, mm-hmm. not just have this goal that you keep saying to everybody that's around you that you're going to get your MBA. So the regret thing is about, you know, ultimately talking about risk and regrets, but you're really talking about what you want. And if you're articulating what you want, which some people are not saying accurate things, then these regrets become an important way of saying, well, if I don't do that, will I regret it? And, and some people say, no, I don't really care if I have an MBA, but I keep saying that to people. Or no, I, ha- I have to get an MBA because I promised myself I was going to go to graduate school and blah, 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 blah. So regrets are the, the uh, last thing I'll just say about regrets is if you have two choices, if you have choice A and choice B, 
and you say, well, I'm, not, I'm, sure, I'm trying to do my weighted analysis. I'm trying to get a gut feeling for what I do. Which one would you regret more hmm. if you didn't choose it is the best way to make a decision. Because it's not, and you can say, well, this one has better dental benefits and this one has a shorter commute time or, or this particular thing is, you know, shinier. But which one would you regret more if you didn't get it? So you got to go for the one that you really want more and you will take more of a risk to get because it is about risk reward. Sure. At the end of the day. Well, and if we, you know, sort of go back to, to that side of it, then, you know, the risk side, uh, you know, I jotted down some notes about Webster defining it as, you know, a chance or possibility of loss or, you know, idea that it's something hazardous. And, and I think when people hear risk, they ultimately have that, well, what am I going to lose if, if it doesn't work out? So I guess on the other side of things, then what is the opposite of risk? What is the alternative if you're not going to take those chances or not going to, you know, step out of bounds, as you've put it? Well, you know, this is this conversation, and, and you and I had a little bit about this conversation, but I mean, the, the notion that, you know, I really want what I have, and I, and I, wanna, I want stability, and is mm-hmm. there anything wrong with just, you know, wanting what I have and, and enjoying what I have? And, and you brought up the point, is there stability, really? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there is stability, and I don't <laughs> think anybody wants stability, mm-hmm. really, when you really push it. Because if somebody says, look, I'm tired of change, I'm done with change, I just go, wow, okay. And in my mind, I say you're done. But but it, but it, but I think the 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 issue is nobody wants. I mean, that's truly aware of what's going on. Nobody wants everything to stay the same. They don't mm-hmm. want the economy to stay the same. They don't want their health to stay the same. They don't want their kids to stay the same. They don't want their marriage to stay. They don't want anything. They want everything to grow and to get a little bit better. And and you say, well, that's not what I'm talking about. Yes, that's what we're talking about because everything is incremental mm-hmm. in its evolutionary process. And if you say, and that's, some people misinterpret this. This is not about being more greedy or acquisitive about your stuff, material things. I'm talking about now what you want for yourself in terms of non-material things. Right. These are the risks that you can't you can't not take. You have to you have to take these risks to become who you want to become, or your kids who they want to become. You know, um, you know. I, I I was talking to an admission officer from an elite. Uh, nameless but elite private school uh, university in the country who said, you know, let me tell you, John, who we, we are not taking anymore as, as freshmen. We are not taking these well-balanced kids. I hate well-balanced kids. <laughs> and I said, what? What are you talking about? And he goes, well, these parents create well-balanced kids. Their kids don't know what to do, so their parents hmm. structure well-balanced kids. These kids that take two years of, of leadership and two years of, of, of uh, community service and two years of trombone, and, and they're all the same. They're just a commodity now. They, they don't have any passion. They don't take risks. They aren't differentiated. We lock them out of the admissions process. So we want, he called them well lopsided kids. <laughs> and, I, and I said, what's that? And he goes, these are kids that have passion, are becoming who they are, are pursuing things that are challenging to them, risk. But the other kids, we don't, we don't, we don't accept those kids anymore. And I got to tell you, we, we are... There is a regression to the mean. There is this, you know, let's all be the same. <laughs> right. And, I, and when you, when the, even when I say it, you just you, everybody has to laugh. Like, let's be, you have to be like this to be successful. Obviously, that doesn't make any sense. You mm-hmm. have to be different to be successful. And what is that difference? It's you. <laughs> and you are different. And how does, that, how does that get manifested in the way you live and take risks? 
you know, a lot of times I hear about the idea of stability or not wanting to take a risk, or, or you mention people, you know, whether it be an excuse or, or they're just not serious about it, saying, well, when, when this happens, then I'll, then I'll pursue this. Uh, you know, people bring up to me, well, hey, I, I have a family, I have a good job. I mean, yeah, I'd like to do with some other things, but I don't want to put them in a situation. I don't want to, again, that word risk what I currently have. I guess what would be your argument to them? I mean, is that complacency? Are they just not thinking broadly enough that you can, you can, you know, take care of what you need to take care of, but also, you know, pursue these other areas, grow, as you mentioned. I mean, what's sort of your argument when, when that's the discussion going on, Except, especially when people talk about, you know, this sort of the cloud that is economic uncertainty with a lot of people? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not, certainly don't want anybody uh, calling you and me later and saying, you know what, I listened to your show and I, I risked it all. I, you know, <laughs> I bet on black and yes, I lost. please. Yeah, we're, I, <laughs> we're not saying you put your life savings in one stock and see what happens. Not. Yeah, now my house is foreclosed, and thank you very much. No, so one thing I just want to emphasize is there's a huge difference. Uh, really, want to emphasize this. I mean, where you are right now is is a great place. I know there may be challenges, or people have particular things that they want and differences, but you have to you have to appreciate where you are and love where you are right now and embrace that because it is your your current existence and enjoying that and being mindful of that and being present for you and your family and is 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 absolutely critical but separate and apart from that is your set of aspirations mm-hmm. for yourself and ultimately your well-being which makes you a better family person and a happier human and and a more and a greater contributor to society so how does ultimately you continue to pursue what you want to do in addition to enjoying what you have right now. And uh, no one is saying, okay, you, what you do is you go from X to this new thing that is totally separate and apart that you're going to risk everything for. Uh, I'll tell you, here's a, here's a way of thinking about it. It's just like this person who was saying they want to paint. You know, that's really their right. real love in life is, is art. But they don't paint. I just find that to be, you know, why don't you do it on the side? I don't have time. <laughs> well, I don't, I, see, this is the way I don't understand. Then what, what, what little time you do have, you need to nurture those kinds of things that you're doing. You know, uh, again, another mentor told me this, and I didn't know it is, John, if you really want to get into nonprofit work, go volunteer and get involved in our board mm-hmm. and, and, and develop expertise through your volunteer work. And you can use that in your resume and you can use that as part of your story, but you can do that on the side. And, and, and I did that. I became, you know, the chair of a, you know, nationally known theater company. I, I did a number of things that were really interesting, and it developed skills that I could now use to articulate to, that was part of my transition into the nonprofit world, which is part of my, my job today. Um, so the risks are not so much like, let's bet it all. Right. Um, it's about the risk of your time. It's, it's spreading yourself a little bit further out. I mean, you got a family, you got, you know, obligations, but you, know, you, you paint a little bit more, you volunteer a little bit more, you engage yourself in the things that you care about, not just things that you're obligated to. And that will uh, begin a chance for you to move forward versus um, some mythical thing like when I turn this age <laughs> or when these things align, I'll do it. And I can tell you, um, you know, there's a great James Baldwin quote, which I, I, it, to me informs me every day, which is, you know, and I'm going to paraphrase it, which is the challenge is in every moment and the time is always now. Hmm. It's, it's, it, it, you got to make choices now. I don't mean make changes now, but choices. So I'm going to be going to get my MBA. I'm going to study for the GMAT. 
And after I went to stay for the GM, you know, I'm going to take these steps. I'm not going to talk about going to get my MBA and not know what the GMAT is. Right. It's just, it, 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 so many people disconnect these things. So stability is important in the sense that, you know, your family's security and all that stuff. But you as a person have to continue to evolve and become who you are and invest in those things on the side and then be willing at some point to now make a change. That, that makes sense to your family, but you've taken these steps that are going to mitigate that risk. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to take a break here with our discussion on taking risks in one's career, but we will continue the conversation in a part two on this episode. Now, our expert, again, is John Kobara, Executive Vice President and COO for the California Community Foundation. He'll be back as well for the second part. To find the rest of this show, head over to localjobnetwork.com slash radio slash list. And in the search box, just type in career risks and part two should pop up for you. Meanwhile, if you have any questions or suggestions, email us at ljanradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. You've been listening to localjobnetwork.com radio.